This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, January 30th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The White House plan to reform our immigration system would result in dramatically less immigration, 22 million people over five decades. That from Cato Institute immigration policy analyst David Beer. The costs would hit both families of would-be immigrants and the U.S. economy. We spoke yesterday. When uh, I hear some people, some of them relatives of mine, talk about uh, immigration, uh, they suggest that for people who want to come to the United States to work, uh, to live, not necessarily even become citizens, that they should get in line. Well, first, when I talk to those people, I'm skeptical that they know exactly what is involved in getting in line or what line they're actually trying to refer to. So can you help some of those people understand what it means to get in line, to uh, receive some status as an immigrant to the United States? In order to immigrate to the United States, uh, generally you don't get in line. You're, uh, whoever is sponsoring you for the visa or the, the green card, as we call it, which, which, which is uh, permanent residency in the United States, must uh, submit a petition on your behalf to the federal government. And so all of the process starts with the sponsor in the United States. And so if you are not a family member of a U.S. citizen or a legal permanent resident, if you don't have U.S. family here, Really, your only option then is to get a, an employer to sponsor you, and there are all sorts of regulatory uh, hurdles that employers have to overcome in order to be able to do that. But even taking into, those, into, uh, into account those hurdles, there are only 5,000 visas made available to uh, people without a college degree who uh, want to immigrate based on employment uh, to the country. So 5,000 visas a year uh, compared to the population of unauthorized immigrants, which is estimated to be about 11 million um, people in the country illegally. So uh, really, the opportunities to immigrate are so narrow uh, for people without U.S. family uh, that it's very difficult for them to immigrate. And even the people who do have U.S. family, it can take many years for them to uh, obtain permanent residency uh, because we limit the number of visas issued to uh, family members of, of U.S. citizens. So you estimate that uh, the White House plan, and it is uh, you note that it is rather vague, would ban 22 million people who otherwise would be allowed to immigrate into the United States over 50 years. What is, what, uh, who are those people and, and what categories do they fall under? Right. So those categories that the um, White House plan would primarily target are the adult children of U.S. citizens, um, as well as uh, siblings of U.S. citizens, and uh, really anyone who's a relative of a legal permanent resident or a legal immigrant who's who's living here without citizenship yet. Um, so it's really uh, the only category, it's easier to say what categories would be preserved. Um, so really the only people who would be able to immigrate, immigrate are spouses 
of uh, U.S. citizens and their children, um, uh, children of U.S. citizens. Um, so right now, under current law, parents of U.S. citizens can also immigrate uh, without uh, any kind of cap even, uh, but that category would be eliminated under the Trump administration plan. So uh, uh, you pro- provide here a chart at, at Cato at Liberty, our blog, and you detail here what the White House plan would eliminate spouses and minor children of residents would go from essentially uh, an estimated uh, 94,000 down to zero. Uh, These are all the family-sponsored categories. Uh, Parents of citizens eliminated, unmarried adult children of citizens eliminated, unmarried adult children of residents uh, eliminated, married adult children of citizens eliminated, and siblings of citizens eliminated. What benefit does the White House claim that that would provide? Well, they really have pegged a lot of their arguments in favor of this on the principle of the thing. So it's just wrong that we allow uh, what they call extended family members to obtain permanent residency in the United States. Um, I I didn't think my brother was... was uh, an extended family member or that my parent was an extended family member. But that's literally how uh, the White House is framing this, that it's just um, ridiculous that we would allow U.S. citizens to sponsor um, people like their parents or their siblings um, to come to the United States. And so a lot of it is just based on this you know, idea that it, it doesn't make any sense and we shouldn't be doing it. And uh, the other argument that they've relied on is the argument about security and that these people may be a threat to us and um, immigrants commit crimes or they commit terrorism. And that's why we should get rid of these categories uh, because uh, they're somehow going to pose some threat to Americans. Where do these uh, people in these categories that the White House would like to eliminate, where do they come from? Uh, well, they come from all around the world. Um, oh, I, I, I should mention they also get rid of the diversity visa lottery system, which uh, randomly assigns uh, uh, visas to individuals who uh, come from countries that uh, send few immigrants to the United States uh, because they have few ties to, uh, to Americans. And so uh, that system would also be eliminated, uh, which would uh, take out about um, 500,000 people over a decade uh, who would have the ability to immigrate to the the country. And uh, I actually don't think the diversity visa lottery makes a lot of sense, and there are better options for constructing a legal immigration system. But this uh, proposal would just get rid of it without replacing it with anything that's uh, better for the country or for the economy. Um, where do they come from? Like I said, they come from all around the world. And, uh, you know, but primarily they come from Mexico. That's the largest source of immigration through our uh, family-based system. They also come from Asia, the Philippines in particular, as well as India and China are big sending countries um, for legal immigrants through the family-sponsored categories. How should we be structuring uh, our 
uh, system of family-based migration to the U.S. It seems like there there are just a, a lot of these categories, and no one no. It, it, it seems it, you can make an obvious case for one. You can make an obvious case for another. Maybe some of them, some of those categories might be a little harder to make. But how would you structure it? Well, I would structure it um, in terms of your immediate family. So you're only able to sponsor people that I would consider to be your immediate family. So your parents, uh, your siblings, and uh, your spouses and children would be eligible uh, for visas. And, and that's really the, the de facto system that we had prior to uh, the 1920s when uh, Im- legal immigration to the United States was uh, dramatically cut back by laws intended to uh, save America from the Italians and uh, the Russians and uh, the Eastern European Jews. Um, and, uh, you know, that system worked out quite well. I mean, even if you look at Donald Trump himself, uh, his family immigrated through chain migration. Uh, you know, for example, his great grandfather uh, side of the family came over. He followed his sister uh, who was in the United States. And so you had this chain effect where people were integrated into the United States through their family members. And so there is a benefit to allowing people to come into the country who already have family who's uh, part of American society and allows them to integrate uh, into American culture more easily than if they just come over without any ties uh, to America at all. And so I, I think there's a benefit to it, and I also think it's a right of, a, of U.S. citizens, right, that we would lose out on the ability to uh, sponsor our family members if, if we want. And so uh, I'm not in favor of constraining Americans' rights and freedoms. Uh, I would like to see them expanded. And, and really the problem with our family-sponsored uh, system right now, uh, the, the, the main problem with it is that uh, we have these uh, what are called per-country limits. So we limit the number of visas that can go to Mexicans or uh, Filipinos, um, even though they may have been waiting in line much longer than other uh, 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 applicants in the um, queue. Uh, we say that no country can receive or no nationality can receive more than 7% of the total in any given category which ultimately makes uh, immigrants from larger countries or countries where there's a greater demand for visas wait much, much longer than other immigrants who, you know, uh, come from smaller countries. And it really doesn't make any sense, and it's really a leftover from this racist, racist system in the 1920s that was specifically intended to prevent an influx of Eastern Europeans or uh, uh, other less favored uh, races or, or uh, you know, peoples. And so um, that's the real problem is that now we have literally at this moment in time, we have uh, Mexican immigrants, uh, siblings of U.S. citizens who would be scheduled to receive a green card more than 100 years from now. And, and that's only because we discriminate against them in the, in this manner that we do. And so we need to change the system. We need to reform the system. Uh, but there's really nothing wrong with this type of immigration. What are the economic impacts 
You point to uh, the National Academy of Sciences saying that people uh, – that uh, average immigrants contribute about $90,000 uh, over their lifetimes, over and above whatever they uh, take out in benefits. Can you scale that up and come up with an estimate for what this looks like? Yeah, so you can you can certainly uh, multiply times uh, 22 million immigrants uh, over the next uh, 50 years who are going to be excluded under the White House uh, proposal, um, and that will give you uh, the billions of dollars in losses that the federal government uh, by itself would receive, let alone the cost uh, to the economy. And the reason why it's likely actually higher than the average is because if you look at the education levels of these chain uh, migrants, uh, as the uh, administration likes to call them, or the diversity visa lottery winners, if you look at the education of that population, it's actually above the average um, for U.S.-born um, Americans and actually above the average for uh, uh, all immigrants in general. And so uh, we are going to be losing out on some very skilled individuals who uh, can come over here and actually contribute uh, in, a, in a very large way to the U.S. economy. But even the lesser skilled people, we shouldn't ignore the economic contributions that they make in many industries, including construction and agriculture and, uh, you know, roofing and, and so on. Um, jobs that Americans, uh, not enough Americans, are willing to do. And so unless you want to drive up the prices of, of food and housing and uh, real estate and, and many other aspects of our, uh, of our lives, uh, you want to uh, see this legal immigration continue. What of the uh, time frame that the White House has laid out here? Presumably, uh, Democrats are expected to do very well uh, very soon in elections in 2018. Um, how much of this could be reversed quickly? Well, all of it could theoretically be reversed, but it's very difficult to pass uh, immigration legislation. So if any immigration legislation was to be passed, I imagine that uh, the supporters of that legislation would fight very hard to maintain it. And certainly the Trump administration would veto any legislation that would repeal such a, a big accomplishment. Now, I will say that uh, it did not always used to be the case that the parties were so divided on legal immigration. Uh, in fact, as, as recently as 2008, there was no partisan difference in support for legal immigration levels uh, going up or down or, or, or staying the same, according to Gallup. And really what we've seen since um, since the rise of uh, the Tea Party and uh, some more extreme uh, right-wing uh, organizations and websites uh, is that it's really not changed the opinions of Republicans much. Uh, they're about as supportive of legal immigration as they were uh, on the whole uh, back, back in 2008. But it's really had a major impact on the Democratic Party, which has sort of taken up the mantle of legal immigration and immigration generally and uh, made them more of a proponent of legal immigration. And so there's been really uh, interesting effect that we've seen over the last decade of the Democratic Party 
becoming more in favor of of increasing legal immigration and uh you know the republican party um you know uh as a result of these right-wing attacks on uh, legal immigration have you know stayed about the same uh, on average, uh, but I think there's a certain cohort that we hear about a lot that's very supportive of the president that have become more vocal, and that's produced a backlash on the other side of the aisle. I guess what I mean when I ask about the the uh, time frame that the White House has laid out, when how many of these effects, uh, these changes are going to take effect years down the road? Yeah, right. So the um, the White House plan would allow the people who are currently in line uh, receive uh, their green cards, at least uh, hypothetically, as long as they stay alive long enough to to uh, get to the front of the line. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. So it would be a more gradual change over time. And, uh, but our, my estimate is uh, in that report that uh, more than a quarter of the changes would occur immediately in the first year. And then by the end of the decade, uh, or sorry, uh, more than 60% of the total decrease in legal immigration on, a, on an annual basis would occur in the first year. And then uh, more than 70% after a decade and then more than 84% after two decades. So most of the changes are happening right away up front. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's going to be something that's felt immediately. David Beer is an immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.